Welcome to the Talk with Tori podcast. I'm your host, Tori Jones, and I'm so glad that you're here. It's time to have some fun. On each episode, I will chat with a friend and we will share random life topics, tips and tricks, fun stories, and more serious stories filled with some real talk to make you laugh, maybe cry, make you think, but most of all, bring a smile to your face. We all have a story to share, so I hope you enjoyed this one. So grab your favorite Starbucks, a glass of wine, water, I don't care, you do you girl, because it's time to peel back the layers and add a little spice to it. Nancy, we're live. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? Hey, Tori. Um, I'm just uh, ready to do this. I've been (laughs) so excited about it. So I've been listening to your other podcasts and they're all so sweet and um, so, so neat to listen to. I'm excited. Well, I've always known I wanted you to share your story. It's a part of my life too, because this, y'all, I wanted to introduce y'all. This is my aunt Nancy. She's my mom's younger sister. How many years apart are y'all? I should know. Um, We're about six, probably five, five and a half, something like that. Five and a half. And y'all, they shared a double bed growing up and y'all never thought anything of it. That's what's so funny to me in this blue room. And it's still the same color with still the same bedspread and the same bed. Yes. And curtain. And mattress is still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, sharing a room with your sister, um, excuse me, my sister and your mom. So really neat. So funny because so many people would be like, I can't believe y'all shared this small bed. And my mom was like, tells me she's like we've never thought about it like we just no, thought we that was not. like what you do you share it with your sister it well, y'all have the sweetest relationship um ever and so and so do we I'm so thankful you're my aunt y'all we've had so many fun times Aunt Nancy and I were always pretty alike growing up she um I was always bad at sports and stuff and my mom was always good at that kind of stuff and so is Aunt Nancy's daughter. And so I'd always tell Aunt Nancy, like, I'm just so bad at this. And she's like, you just do your thing, girl. And she loves to talk a lot like me. So um, anyways, I'm so excited to introduce y'all to her for y'all to get to know another member of my family. I know y'all heard from Aunt Nancy's parents, my grandparents, but this is another member of my family. And y'all know I talk about my family all the time. We just love each other like no other. It's kind of crazy. So Aunt Nancy, do you want to introduce yourself to us? and? Tell us who you are, a little bit of your background, and you have the best story. So, you have any fun stories or memories you want to share with everybody? Well, um, as Tori said, I'm um, uh, one of her favorite aunts and yes. uh, <laughs> one of her favorite. She has several. So, um, I just uh, I was trying to think of something funny um, to kind of start off with, and um, I'm a big celebrity. Uh, celebrity um, chaser. Yeah, you are. Um, I like to do that. And um, so I was in New York with some of my friends and uh, we were in the Trump Tower. And this was several years ago. And this is way before Trump was um, elected president. So um, and all of a sudden, one of my friends yells out, there's Trump. And I start running after him, like <laughs> running. I'm trying to catch him. And my husband is saying, stop, stop. And I, I just kept on running, just trying to touch him, which is, I know it's very weird. But um, so I am stopped by his bodyguards. In fact, one of them said, get back, lady, get back, lady. <laughs> and uh, so I just always tell 
Um, everybody that laughed at me, because they did laugh. When I got back to the group, they were dying laughing. What were you trying to do? And I was like, I'm trying to, I was trying to touch him. And so now I laugh at them and say, I, I could have touched the president. You so, could. I, yes, I've chased many people. And um, I know that sounds crazy to everybody, but I have chased many people. Isn't that so funny? We would have never, probably you at that time, you would have never thought you were chasing a future president. I mean, like, that is so crazy. Also, y'all, she was the dancer on. Yeah, it was um, at that time. Kelly, or Kelly, Kelly and Regis. Yes, she yes. was the dancer. Y'all know when they like spin the wheel? <laughs> she did the dance move. <laughs> I had to beg to do that. So, but they let me do it. Oh my gosh, they let you do that. Okay, well, I love that. Well, tell them, Aunt Nancy, so where you live um, and kind of what you did for your career and about your family. Okay. Um, I live in Bossier City, Louisiana, and um, I taught for 30 years, um, elementary school, several grades, and I have two precious children, um, Brittany and, yes, Brittany and uh, Nick, and I had a wonderful husband, Brent. So that is, that's my, my family, and I love them. Yes, so you have the best family, I mean. We all kind of, I felt like they were like my siblings growing up, the cousins. Like we had so much fun and so many memories growing up. Well, y'all, I lived with Aunt Nancy one time for, was it like a semester, 10 weeks, something. I student taught right near them. So I would stay with them sometimes. And y'all, that was like the funnest time ever. We would stay up all night and we would have to wake up at like 5 p.m. And me and her would stay up to like 2 a.m. Uncle Brent said it was the best thing she had someone to talk to because I would just keep talking, 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 talking. And we had so much fun. And y'all, we both really love TV. That is actually one thing we both have in common. And so what shows are you currently loving or binging? I know. So back in the day, we loved Desperate Housewives, y'all. And when we watched the finale together and cried. Like, why is this show ending? If you haven't watched it, you need to. And then I remember the Oprah finale, we cried. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, I'm a reality uh, TV watcher. Um, I can tell you many shows that people are probably going to go, oh, my gosh. But <laughs> um, I, I like This Is Us, which is a tearjerker. Uh, Dancing with the Stars, um, The Bachelor or yeah. Bachelorette. We're kind of watching, um, my husband and I are watching um, Outlander. I've heard uh, I love Chicago. Oh, it's good. And Chicago Med, um, American Idol, and um, my soap opera that I really love, Young and the Restless. So <laughs> I just kind of keep up. I, I tape them and, and go back and watch them. Oh, she still watches Young and the Restless. Okay, yes. but our relative did like the music or something. Yes, um, Aunt Libby's. Uh, one of our cousins, I would say second or third, um, he did the music for Y&R. And it's still that same music is still playing at the I beginning as an opener. And, uh, but he sold the rights to the, the song. And so he no longer, uh, he's no longer on, you know, the credits. Credits. But, okay. Yes, I used to watch for his name. Credits <laughs> How many years have you watched The Young and the Restless? For years and years. So um, I went from another world that got taken off to YNR. I actually started watching it probably in high school. Oh so, my gosh! Okay, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Well, she's got she's got her shows like I do. I mean, 
Okay, people make fun of Josh and I so much because we watch all the network TV. Like everyone just watches Netflix now. And I'm like, the network mm. TV shows are the good shows. Like, yes. don't get away from ABC, NBC, CBS. Like those Thank are the you, best ones. I love them. I love it. So I watch both. We watch both. Yeah, I watch sure. both, but I'm like, don't get away from the cable shows. Mm-hmm. Those are the good shows too. Yes. Okay, so what is your happy place? Um, my happy place, I would say, I would say home first because I love my home. I love my family. Um, but I would say second for sure is the LSU Stadium. Yeah. In the student section, that is definitely my happy place. I can just go crazy, cheer, and um, I'm around so many people that I love. And so I would say that's my happy place. Yeah. Definitely. It was always one of my happy places growing up. And then we had the best memories there. Oh, yeah. Lots of cra- crazy situations have happened in that section, but we'll just leave it at that for the people yes, for sure. whatever they want to think. So, yes. um, okay. Well, Aunt Nancy, I'm so thankful that you are on this show and sharing your story with us. You have quite the story and you've been through a lot um, in your life through different experiences. And so let's go ahead and just dive into your story and where they can kind of learn the things that you've gone through and the things that have made you who you are and the sweet, special. Everyone loves Aunt Nancy, y'all. She's always sweet and smiling and fun and dancing and always thinks of other people. So that all these experiences have definitely shaped her. So starting with um, when you were in your 20s, you had a few health scares kind of, you know, throughout your life. Well, starting with your 20s throughout your life. Will you share with us kind of what happened after my cousin Brittany was born? Sure. Um, I I was sitting on my couch and um, holding Brittany, and I had a major uh, seizure. Um, So um, Dr. Richard Harrell uh, was waiting for me at the emergency room, and they diagnosed it as a brain tumor, which was super, super uh, scary. But we didn't know exactly what to do. So um, we waited a little while and then did um, the surgery. Took the tumor out and it was benign. So um, anyway, to make a long story short, um, I did surgery with a doctor in Arkansas named Dr. Boop. And he um, was just a wonderful, wonderful doctor. And he, you know, he determined it was benign and said, um, you know, maybe you don't need to have um, any children um, for, for a little while. And uh, so we were going to wait and uh, we had ended up having a miracle baby, which was Nick. And so we, uh, we were very, very blessed to have Brittany and Nick. But the uh, tumor was super scary but it was benign and so I he he told me just to uh, go back every year and um, do an MRI and um, just to make sure everything was okay so how so, old was Brittany when that happened she was six weeks six weeks old at that time um I was like 20 um 29 29 when it all happened so um and then it came along so that happened at a young age. You know, you were 29, um, one year younger than me now. Mm-hmm. So how did that kind of shape the way that you lived your life? 
Well, um, you know, Nick was a miracle. You know that we called him our miracle baby. And, so much, y'all. He has the sweetest personality, always smiling and just always the baby. He's the baby of the cousins, and he's still the yeah. baby. And you know, we were just so thankful to have Brittany and to have Nick, and uh, we just appreciated everything. And it, it definitely um, uh, deepened our faith in God. Um, we just we knew that God had given us these two children, and we were just so 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 thankful. And uh, I would just say that it, it just made us so grateful for everything and for every day, um, especially me. You know, I, I just appreciated um every every single day you know and and like i said to have a wonderful husband and two wonderful children um it it just makes you um appreciate everything you know it does makes you so grateful definitely so then let's kind of you know move on with your story many years passed um you could tell us how long the time had passed and you went to a normal checkup and they kind of found something. Will you kind of walk us through the timeline of that and what happened with all of the things that kind of went through in that time? You know, I said earlier that um, I had gone to Arkansas with Dr. Boob and he's the one that took out my first tumor and found out it was benign. And so I was going every year to get an MRI to be checked and you know it's going very well 23 uh, years later i had gone to um, have another checkup and they told me that the tumor had changed and um it was a lot more serious than it was before and um, it's not good so um i actually went back to my um first doctor dr poop who had since moved to memphis and um, I told him that it had actually had come back. And um, he said, well, we're going to check it out and see. And we checked it out. And he knew that it was not the t- same type of tumor. It was um, a different type of tumor. Of course, it was in the same place, but a different type and much worse. So we just had to um, go ahead and do surgery again and then do radiation, and then do chemo. So, um, yeah, 23 years later, and, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, waited 23 years to come back again. So I looked on it that way, positively, that um, I had gone that long without any problems. So every year, did you always have that fear, or did you think since it had never been anything all of that time, were you expecting that? Or what was kind of your initial reaction when you found out that it was cancer? Well, every year, Tori, that I went in, um, every summer I did the MRI. You know, you always had that fear, but you just put it in God's hands and you just say, you know what, I'm just going to try not to think about it. But I did. You know, the week before... The night before, you know, I would always um, just get, you know, a little worried and I didn't want to do that. But you just worry that something's, you know, changed and um, maybe it's not, maybe it's grown, you know, maybe it's um, not what it was before. So I always just, 
yeah, I always had to pray really hard and say, Lord, just, um, you know, let it be your will, but I just don't want it to, to come back. And my, my deal was, I, I always said, um, I want to see my children grow up and just give me, give me that chance, please, to see them grow up. And um, he did because it was, it was 23 years after and Brittany was, yeah, Brittany was 23. You know, when I first had the first tumor, she was only six weeks old. So, um, yes, I, I praise God for letting me see them grow up. And Nick was, you know, almost 22. So um, I, I praise God that, that I was able to see them grow up and um, graduate from college. And we are just so thankful um, for you and for your strength and that God answered that specific prayer. I think that that's such a good example of, you know, pray specifically. I know that we're told that in the Bible all the time to pray specific prayers. And I know I try to get better at that every day. You know what? He always says he's going to grant the desires of our heart. He also says we're going to have some hard times, really hard times. And but to keep praying and to keep asking for prayers. So then you, you know, you went through treatment and, you know, you had to go then do another surgery and go to Houston. Will you kind of explain what that looked like and maybe some of the hardest times and moments of treatment and the situation? Tori, it was um, very scary um, because I knew it it was... um, it was worse than the first one. The first one was benign. And so I knew that it was um, very serious. Uh, when I went up there at first, of course, they were going to do um, a surgery because the tumor was, like, like I said, different from the first one and much worse. So they were going to actually do a surgery at MD Anderson. I went up there um, and was prepared to do a type of surgery where you're actually awake during the surgery and that sounds kind of um weird but you'd be it the tumor was very close to my language area and you know how you and I like to talk so much Mm -hmm. so you know I was very scared of um not being able to talk and so they were going to get as close to my language area as possible um without you know they wanted to make sure that I didn't lose my speech and so that's why I was going to be awake during the surgery. And they were going to ask me to talk. Um, they were going to actually uh, um, have me make a phone call. So they knew that I was okay and I could speak. So um, that's what we had planned for, for the surgery when I first got up to MD Anderson. And then they found out that it was not the type of tumor that they thought it was at first, that it was um, one that was not quite, not as bad. So that was a, that was a miracle right there. That was prayers answered that it wasn't the type of tumor they thought it was. So I did not have to do the surgery where I was going to be awake. And I was so happy to hear that because I wasn't sure what I would say yeah. when they were talking to me because I'm a little crazy. So, you know, when they were talking to me, there's no, you know, no telling what I would say, but um, they didn't have to do that. And we were so, so thankful. So I actually went home and went back 
and did radiation and, and did um, chemotherapy. I did radiation at MD Anderson for six weeks, and then I came back home and did the chemotherapy. Thankful that it wasn't the tumor that they thought it was. They thought it was. So, you know, people listening to this podcast, um, even if they haven't been through treatment or anything, they might have to one day. So, you know, what was the hardest part of having to be away from home or having to, you know, lose your hair or having to go to treatments or rely on other people? What was that like? Well, I did the radiation for six weeks at MD Anderson, and um, it was, you know, I lost up. Well, I did not lose all my hair. Just um, where I did the radiation on my brain, that's where I lost my hair. And um, it was, it truly was very scary, but it took lots of prayers, and you just have to depend on God. You just really have to depend on um, God for for everything, but when you go through a hard time like this, you are just on your knees praying. And um, I had so many people praying for me, so I knew I could feel the prayers. I knew that people were, were there for me, and and especially my family. You just took over and and helped me so much. And then I had friends uh, that did the same thing. They just you know, through um, praying for me and just um, sending me food and coming up to NB Anderson and just taking care of me. It was, it was so wonderful, so wonderful, you know, when you know people care that much about you. Well, you were very loved and we just, uh, I remember how much we prayed and how much of a miracle you truly are for all of us. So um, what are some examples? I know you talked about like food and visiting. Do you have any examples of maybe how people served you and helped you during that time? Um, yes. Um, you know, when I was up at MD Anderson, I was up there six weeks. And so different people would come and stay with me. Your mom came and stayed for a week. And then um, uh, both of my brothers Daryl and Mark and um, their wives both came up and stayed with me when I was there. And so you're very depending, dependent on family. Um, Brent's, Brent was there every um, weekend. And then his parents came up too and stayed with me. So, and just most wonderful friends came and stayed with me on different weeks. And so there were just so many people that were just there for me. And I didn't have to be by myself up there getting radiation in Houston. I always had somebody there every single day. And that makes such a difference when you're going through that process. And, you know, that people are there for you and you don't have to be alone through it all. And that makes such a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, people always want to help, but they don't necessarily always know what to do, what to say how to serve, how to be there for people. If somebody knows somebody going through something like what you're going through or something similar or just something life that's hard in general, but especially like an illness specifically and where they're really, really sick, what are recommendations of things that somebody can do to show that they care? Well, you know, I've got, I was um, 
so many cards were sent to me um, when I was, especially in Houston. I mean, people were sending cards and text. I mean, I just, I couldn't even answer all of them. There were so many people, you know, praying for you. We're there for you if you need anything. Um, it, it was just amazing, you know, what people, you know, that people were letting you know, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm thinking of you. What can I do? Um, so I just think just letting people know that, you know, you don't have to send anything big or um, I'm, I did get some wonderful things in the mail, but um, it was the texting and the phone calls, you know, that, that meant the most yeah. that they were letting me know, Hey, um, we haven't forgotten about you. We know you're there and we're definitely, definitely praying for you. And and that was, that was the biggest thing was the prayers, knowing that people are, are um, praying for you every day and praying for you sometimes all day. And, you know, to know that just is such a comfort, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be able to, you know, when you go through something like that, you don't want, want to go through it, but it, it shows you how much people really care, how much you're loved. You yeah. know, it really does. I remember when I broke my back with this, just people calling or texting or showing up at the door or sending stuff, people that didn't even know me. I mean, sending me stuff in the mail. It's like, literally, it's, you don't have to spend any money you can write on a piece of paper or send an email or send a text or just call and it's free, you know, and it just means so much. Even if that person can't talk for a long time because they're so sick, they don't forget that. You really, really don't forget the people that come through for you. And I think sometimes we don't know what to do. So we just miss the opportunity. But if you know of someone, especially all in just this hard season. Everyone's going through something right now. Everyone's grieving in some way. Just go that extra mile and reach out to somebody because they're always going to appreciate it. So you you went through times that you were very sick with your treatments and the symptoms and the side effects. How did you keep the faith to just keep going and knowing that you could do it? And, you know, your relationship with God when you were just like, I'm so sick. Why is this happening? Well, I did get very um, sick during chemo. Radiation wasn't bad for me at all. I did lose my hair during radiation, but I didn't feel sick at all. Um, But chemo um, was another story. It really, I really did not do well during chemo. Um, I actually got the shingles in my throat and so I wasn't able to swallow or to eat. And just it, as it um, as time went on, it got worse. And um, it just, I didn't think I was going to make it. I just thought this is just, I don't know what to do. But I did pray um, every single day and, and thank God for another day, which sounds kind of crazy that you think, Thank God for another day when you're feeling so bad. But I was just so, so happy, well, thankful that I was still alive and and making it. But um, I depended on um, my dear husband who who took care of me and my daughter who was there and my son. And like I said, other people too. But they were in this house with me, taking care of me and saying, it's going to be okay. You can do it. Because I wasn't able to eat anything the longest, and I did lose a, quite a bit of, of weight. 
And the, the sad thing was um, my parents would call and I, I didn't want to talk to them. And that made me sad because I wanted to talk to them. But I didn't feel like talking to anybody. So, um, but God healed me slowly. He um, made a way for me and, um, and healed me. And I was able to get back to myself. It just took a long time. But um, that was probably the worst of it all was having the shingles in my throat because I was doing, I wasn't doing great with chemo, but um, I survived it. Of course, it was week to week and day by day. But when I got the shingles, that was, that was the point where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can, you know, make it, but it takes lots of prayers, lots of prayers. So. Well, we're so, so I can't imagine the pain of that. And, feeling sick to that point, but I know it's definitely made you who you are and made you understand people more. And, you know, God gives yeah, us these hard times. So we, we understand people in a different way than we ever thought we would. Um, and, but one thing I always admired about you is you kept teaching your kids, even when you were weak and what kept you going teaching and being able to be in the classroom still and, as much energy as you didn't have, um, how did they keep you going? Well, um, I did go back after I, I got, um, after I'd gotten much better. I did go back. Um, I think it was like January um, after after Christmas, and um, I wore a mask, which is kind of crazy because um, yeah. I, the kids. Um, all of them looked at me when I, when I walked down the hall with my mask on and, um, and we're like, why is she wearing that mask? And, uh, nowadays I would, yeah, that's so crazy. Why is she wearing that mask? And then my kids in my own class would say, can we, can we wear a mask? And I was like, oh no, you don't need to wear a mask. I, I just have to wear one. But, um, being around, uh, the kids and that I just, had the sweetest class that year when I was going through all that. And um, also uh, some great co-workers and, and Stockwell Elementary just took care of me. They just, you know, they did things that, you know, really helped me get through it. And I had some uh, special friends that work with me that helped me if I had to miss school or things like that. So just uh, being around kids who loved me and would help me, I'd, I would get on the floor and I could get back up and they'd help me up. And I stumbled one time and hit the floor and they all ran over to help me. And so they were just, and their parents too, their parents were very encouraging. And I, going back to work was actually good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little, probably shouldn't have, done and and you know in some ways because I had been sick but going back really really um actually helped me well I know that they you were just the best teacher and they just adored having you that is um I didn't even realize that you wore a mask when you taught that's so crazy because <laughs> who would have ever thought you know, know now it's like the normal but back then it was probably like such a big deal so it well, I know that was just a great way to finish out with just your memories and everything. So thank you for sharing that side of your story with, you know, things that you've gone through as far as your health and how people have helped you and 
your strength has always been something I admired about you. You know, even before any of this happened, you always had strength and always gave people encouragement. And so I appreciate you sharing that with everyone. So switching gears just a little bit, um, in the midst of this season, um, your brother-in-law tragically and suddenly passed away, um, your husband's brother. And it was awful and terrible and very sudden. So will you tell us about this and how this affected you? Yes. Um, Michael um, was a radiologist in Arkansas, and he's passed away suddenly from a brain aneurysm um, in February, just right before or right after I had gone through um, the chemo. And it just, it just, it was so hard. It was so hard, and especially for um, my husband and um, his mom and dad and, and Michael's family, um, his wife and children. It was just devastating for all of us and very uh, just, um, I I don't even know how to explain it. So difficult. It, it, I guess just, it had happened, you know, right after I had finished everything and he was in such good health. And um, here I was, you know, um, I had made it through the chemo and I just, I didn't know how to handle it and none of us did. So it just um, changed our world forever, you know, and we miss him so much. We really, really miss him. So I know that that's hard. Well, he was such a great man and always so kind and hard worker, good daddy, good family man. And, um, he was everything. He was everything. And um, just left us too too soon, you know. What advice do you want to give to women on ways they can kind of support their husband in a time of loss? You know, I know women are more likely to communicate, to talk to friends, to open up about their emotions. A lot of men aren't that way naturally. And so how would you tell um, another woman to be able to support their husband during a time of loss? Um, you know, uh, praying together, um, you know, we're not praying together, um, makes a, like a big difference. And it is very hard for uh, my husband to open up, but, uh, he will at times, um, but not often. Um, uh, I try to, uh, bring up conversations about Michael and and uh, bring up things that make you laugh, things that uh, Michael did that he, he was a very, um, he, he can he could definitely just say something real quickly and humorous person, I guess you could say, had a great sense of humor. Yeah. But, you know, kind of re- reserved, but would just pop something out and you would laugh. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of, try to um, bring up those things around his family um, and, you know, his parents and just, you know, just say something about him because he, every holiday he's here with us and just want to talk about him and, and, and just remember the good times, you know, that we had together. I think those are great examples. You know, men and women just handle things so differently. And, you know, as a wife, somebody 
in our life is, you know, on my, on Josh's side is going to lose somebody. And, you know, we, the way we handle things is so differently. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think that was really, really good advice and praying together to me, there's nothing sweeter than praying together. And I think, um, it's a simple, emotional, but great way to connect with your spouse. Um, cause sometimes that's all we can do. That's all we have left. That's right. Um, it's just to pray. So you definitely had a few really, really tough years. Um, but tell us what's like now, like now that you've retired, you've beat cancer, um, your kids have graduated college, you're an empty nester, you have all these things going on. What is life like now that um, all that has kind of been in the past few years? Well, Tori, um, you know, I still go back every, um, it was three months and uh, now it's six months. I still go back to MD Anderson. The tumor is not gone, but we go, Brent and I go and um, I do an MRI and pray that it it's, um, doesn't change. So I go into the to the uh, room with my doctor and I just wait for her to say stable. And I just pray, oh, please say stable. And she says stable and everything's good. So it's not, it's not gone, but they through um, the radiation surgery and the chemotherapy, it, they definitely shrunk the tumor. But unfortunately, like I said, it's still there. So, um, but I've, I've learned to deal with that. And after retiring, um, it's been wonderful. I still miss, I mean, I miss the kids. I miss my coworkers at school, but I try to get together with them. And I tried to, st- uh, to do some good things for other people. And I just have kind of a, a deal that I say, okay, I'm going to try to do something for somebody every day, whether it's a text, whether it's, I mean, it's just got to be something for um, someone every day because so many people did so much for me. So I just try to think of something, you know, whether it's just a smile in the grocery store, you know, or, you know, something to to maybe make someone's day. So I love that. Something to do for someone every day. Well, I'm going to keep trying to do that, y'all. I encourage everyone Live like Aunt Nancy. Do something for someone every day. Like you said, smile at someone in the grocery store. Well, we can't really do the smile. We can't do that. But, you know, <laughs> normally you can. And it's like, you know, when you're hurting, helping others helps you. Yes. You know, I, um, I remember when I went through some stuff that I went through, I read the book 90 Minutes in Heaven. And they, my mom gave it to me. And they talked about how he just didn't want anyone to help him. You know, he just, he was tired. He was sick. You know, he had gotten in this bad car accident and he just was miserable. And this, um, I think it was a preacher came in and was just like, you need to let other people help you. You know, that is going to help them and it's going to help you because you're also helping them. And so I always just, took to heart about that. Like, you know, just to always do that extra thing. You're never going to regret doing that extra thing. And then if you need prayer or you need somebody to be there for you, or if you need help, 
it is okay to ask. And it is okay to say, I can't do it on my own. You know, I, I need people because they're going to be the ones to eat through that. So thank you, Aunt Nancy, for sharing your story and sharing your heart and sharing what you've been through. Um, I know it will impact so, so many people and it's impacted me. And you've always just been a great role model for me personally. So um, I appreciate it. So let's switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody. So tell us three of your current favorites, must-haves, or recommendations that you feel like all the people need to know about. Okay. First of all, before I do that, Tori, I want to say thank you because y'all are always there for me with my my wonderful family, wonderful friends. I mean, I could not have made it through this situation without y'all. So I want to say that because there's no way I could have made it without, like I said, my sweet, precious family with everybody, you know, not just my close, you know, not just my intermediate family, but my in-laws and, you know, all of y'all. So I could not have made it through the situation without y'all. So thank you. Well, I and, love more than anything. So thank you. Know, I love y'all. So um, anyway, uh, some things that I just kind of thought of that, um, that I enjoy some of my favorites. Yes. Um, I love date night on Thursday with my husband. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I tell yeah, about it. Restaurant in Bossier City. And um, I love a walk in the neighborhood. Now I'm walking every day. Yes. Uh, I love Dr. Pepper. My mother uh, got me hooked on that. <laughs> that's, my co- that's my coffee in the morning. And I love, love Hallmark movies. I just sort of, I just sort of watching them. In fact, le- last weekend I started watching them. Some repeats, but there's they just make me so happy, and I because I love Christmas so much. Okay, well so. I love those. So date night, yes, I think it's so good to be intentional with date night walking. You know, my favorite time is walking through the neighborhood. Like yeah. I love it, and it's so underrated. Like, um, that's like what Josh and I call our date night. Because yes. we uh, we leave our phones at home, and unless like you know we have an emergency or something, one of us will bring our phone. But I pretty much always leave mine at home, and we walk little Louie, and it's just mm-hmm. I mean I feel like we just get to catch up on everything. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know what was going on in his life or my life or you know really just yeah I love that Dr Pepper. I'm still obsessed with Coke. Cheers. People are always going to tell you not to drink the soft drink. I'll always say, drink the soft drink. Life's too short. So just drink well, it. I'm hooked. I'd have to drink it in the morning. It's the only time I drink it for my coffee. I've done better. Um, I've done better with my Coke. So you drink, you know, like eight Cokes a day with those little mini ones, but done a lot better. So anyways, um, thanks, Aunt Nancy, so much for being here. For sharing all the goodness with us, your faith um, is contagious. And I know that you're going to give people that hope that going into 2020, they can get through it and they can do that little sweet thing for somebody because that's just, that's going to make them move forward. So I love you and I appreciate you so much. I love you, Tori. And thank you for letting me do this. I I, I certainly enjoyed it. So thank you. Thanks for sharing your story with the world. We love and appreciate you. Bye, everyone. If our episode today touched you, inspired you, or brought you some good laughs, we would be honored if you subscribed to the Talk with Tori podcast and left us a quick review. This will give others who are scrolling through the podcast apps the ability to find us. 
Please share this with all the people in your life so more friends can hear our stories. Thank you for tuning in and we hope this episode brought you joy, love, and spice.